Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, New York, what's going on? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. I'm here on the east side at the world-famous talk radio, 77 WABC. And the four-day speech by Governor Cuomo... Uh, The state of the state is finally over. That happened this week. But the violence in the city continues. On Friday night, a woman stole a mail truck, a USPS truck, and crashed into a dozen cars before NYPD was able to, uh, you know, yank her out of the car, put her on the floor, and handcuff her. That's nuts. And I got the video. If you want to check it out, it's on my Rumble channel. Uh, Just go to rumble.com, check out Rich Valdez. You can see the video there. It's really bizarre. And I thought... What? Who gets that frustrated? But obviously, tensions are high all over the place. Tensions are high across the country in different cities and states across America. We've got, as uh, my uh, compari, my compai, Dominic Carter, mentioned earlier, the um, armed militia members are out there on, on alert in protest in uh, Ohio and in Michigan. And we're not sure if that's going to happen in other places. And, of course, the Capitol is super ready for that. You would think it's ready for the next world war. And maybe there's something they're not telling us because I've never seen this type of security that they're describing. But all of that's happening in D.C., and we're going to get to that in the next segment. But right now I want to talk about New York City. Last night, a naked man attacked somebody on a subway platform, knocked them into the subway track other guy gets in he's an army vet rescues the guy gets him out the crazy guy that's naked loses his footing or whatever hits the third rail gets electrocuted to death with a train coming in I wish I had the audio for that (laughs) you could hear you know I mean I watched it it wasn't that impressive on video but the you know the story is a really remarkable story you sit there and you think I mean again if you take the train every day like I do I take the subway five days a week, and I think to myself, man, I'm, I'm always hoping something like that doesn't happen, but it happened. So you've got Cuomo telling us how great everything is for four days. By the way, who does that? Who does a four-day state of the state? I've never seen such a thing. Again, maybe I'm not paying attention, but um, it's essential Andy Cuomo. So in, in effect, he, he did the essential Andy Cuomo podcast as the state of the state, and it was a four-part series. And, you know, I'm guessing trying to um, talk his way out of so many things. And he's starting to shift, as you can see. He's shifting on a couple of different issues because we don't know uh, that he's looking to lock things down again. He's no longer the lockdown czar. He's saying, well, you might have to open things up. But as he's opened things up, 
frustrations are still high. Mail, mail truck hijack. These are just a couple of things I saw scrolling through Twitter. Matter of fact, I think I saw Lydia Serrani had tweeted it, and that's where I got the video. So big shout out to Lydia Serrani. And she's coming up next, by the way, at 6 o'clock. So you look at that. Then you, you switch it over like to D.C. And you say, it's all right, it's January 17th. This is the day they said that everything was going to break loose. This is when all the craziness was going to happen. There's a woman trying to get through a capital checkpoint. And you think, what's up with this? And apparently a woman, 63 years old, she decides to flash some sort of uh, commemorative coin to the Capitol Police trying to get through the barricades, saying she's part of the president's administration, she's part of the team, and flashes this badge-looking coin. So they locked her up for impersonating law enforcement and for, you know, lying about being part of the president's team and trying to get in. Now it makes you think, what was this lady going to do? What'd she have on her? And I know that one person did get arrested trying to sneak a gun around. So there's a few things happening. What's up with all the crazy? I want to hear from you guys uh, because, to me, this is uh, <laughs> remarkable. There's always a crazy naked guy somewhere on the subway. But it's not always uh, during this time of civil unrest and civil craziness. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about censorship. I'm also going to talk about COVID-19 and how it affects schools. All of that and more. But first, I want to play a piece of audio from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, all out crazy, AOC, she uh, is saying that conservatives, or at least, you know, people that are Trump supporters, uh, patriots, people that love liberty, that we're not really pro-cop, that it's a sham. I want you to listen to this. Check this out. I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party talk about blue lives ever again. This was never about safety for them. It was always a slogan. Because if they actually cared about rule of law, they would speak up when people break the law. They would speak up. They would enforce fairness and equity, but they don't give a damn about the law. They don't give a damn about order. They don't give a damn about about safety, they give a damn about white supremacy. They care about preserving the social order and the mythology of whiteness than the, than the grandeur of our democracy. It's grandeur. That's what they care about. They lust for power more than they care about democracy. Maybe we should just start voting on things based on whether we think it's right or not. And so stop that, pretending oh. that this shit is complicated. <laughs> Because it's not. <laughs> oh, she got gangsta. She got all boogie down. She's Jenny from the block. No, she's not. <laughs> That's Jenny from the block. Anyway, so AOC is uh, blowing a gasket saying that conservatives are not really for the rule of law and that they don't really support cops. And I think, come on, you've got to be kidding me. First of all, half of the people that make up the, the, the Republican Party, conservatives, a lot of this movement, again, they're not all one and the same, but it's a big tent are law enforcement or family of law enforcement, people that support law enforcement. So how she could say that with a straight face, well, again, it's AOC, all out crazy, right? Our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So it doesn't come as a surprise to me, but the fact that she's getting so, uh, I don't know, so agitated, so so belligerent, is, is, to me, par for the course. What is she so mad at? She won. They've got everything. Right? They've got the House, they've got the Senate, they've got the White House. I think she's upset because she might be at war with Pelosi and the party might be trying to 
redistrict her out or whatever it is they're trying to do. And that's probably a problem for her. But the real question becomes, and I'm asking you, the audience, do you believe that it's just rhetoric, that it's just a slogan to say that we support the police? Or are the Republicans that you know, the conservatives, the you know, liberty-loving folks that make up the movement, the MAGA movement, what, you know, the Tea Party movement, do you think that they're full of it? Or do you think they're the real deal? I want to hear from you, especially if you're a cop, uh, what your observation is, and if you're uh, a supporter of the police, or if you're a basher, if you're one of those um, defund the police types, give us a call, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. To me, it's critical that we... Uh, kind of get that out there because this is what happens with the left. They put out a story, they put out a narrative, and then they just go repeat, 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 repeat so that everybody can buy it. And if you don't buy it, it's it's okay because you're going to hear it again and you're going to hear it again until somebody eventually says, all right, all right, I bought it. You're right. Everybody hates the cops. The cops are the worst. That's the the, the story. You're right. And I think that's that's BS. But let me know. 800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. Bienvenido, everybody. Welcome back. Rich Valdez here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday. It's almost 517 on January 17th. We're talking about everything that's going on in New York City, plus what's happening in the Capitol And then we're also going to talk about a couple of other things like censorship and how that's continuing to, uh, I'm going to say, spiral. And some interesting stuff on COVID-19 that came out this week that I want to share with you guys. But first, I want to check back in with you because, again, you've got the attorney general suing the police, saying that, you know, using a fist or your baton or pepper spray, which are the non-lethal weapons that you, you carry, that that is wrong in a riot. You've got naked people uh, accosting people and citizens getting involved on the subway platform. You've got women just freaking out, or at least one woman who freaked out and she stole a mail truck and crashed into a bunch of cars until she was boxed in by the cops. And again, it's an insane video. She's just going back and forth like she doesn't know how to park this big bread truck of a mail truck. Really, really interesting stuff. All of that stuff's happening. I want to hear your thoughts. AOC says, we don't really support police. Everybody is uh, is a fraud. Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Joe, what's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you, there is definitely something palpable and something that's actually credible with regard to the uh, idea that police use excessive force and do a lot of illegal things that they're not supposed to. I don't think that's the question on the table. I think the question was, should we be suing NYPD for the way that they handled the riots? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Insofar as that every year, New York City spends roughly about $250 million in lawsuit settlements brought about by police criminality. You multiply that by four years, you got a billion dollars. That's a fifth of the uh, NYPD budget, all coming out of taxpayers' pockets. Now, again, the reason why the police use force with impunity is twofold. Number one, prosecutors— Oh, hang on. I don't think police are using force with impunity. I think police are using force with qualified immunity, with— guidelines that are set forth. Every cop that I know has been trained in the use of force, and there's guidelines. So, I mean, oftentimes when somebody settles a suit, it's because we want to make it go away. We don't want to spend the time on litigation. You don't want to sit there and have this thing drag out in the court of public opinion with people alleging and alleging and alleging, saying this and saying that and saying all these other things. 
which may not even be true. So rather than, you know, prolong something that could be a lengthy uh, court process, they say, you know what, what's it going to cost to shut you up? And this is a very common practice. Both the city does it, both private industry does it. So I don't think using that as an example is really an effective way or an effective argument to say that this is really a, a pervasive problem in the city. And I can tell you, I'm in the city. No, nobody's uh, being brutal to me in the interactions that I've had with the police, but everybody has their own opinion. Thanks, Joe. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Jimmy, what's going on, brother? Yeah, the last caller. I've been at a lot of protests. I've seen what people do. I've seen what people would spit. This was years ago, spit in the cop's face, and nobody takes a picture of that. But if the cop pushes or hits or defends himself, they take a picture of that. And then the, the left wing in our government gives money to the agitators who did this. It's like a business. Mm -hmm. People get paid for the crimes and operations they do against the police. Occasionally, police could get mad and maybe overreact, but they're human. And I've, I was at a, 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 I was protesting with some Cuban friends against a Castro thing going on in one of our schools here. And a sweet little old lady, we had the place, the place was full of cops because we called it in that there's going to be trouble there. A little old sweet lady with a cane comes walking by, very old. As she gets near me, she jams the cane down on my toe. <laughs> it, almost, it hurt like hell. I believe I it. I put my hands up to push because the first reaction is to push away where you're getting hurt and I didn't do it because she wanted me to push her and knock her down yeah that's looking for that photo op the, that's what they the, do the cops to beat me up and then they're victims of the right wing this whole thing about the right wing this is all common it, what, what AOC is talking is straight out of the communist books for 60 years I have worth 70 years worth of communist writing yeah the you know what and I think I think that I wish you were wrong, but I think you're right. I think, you know, when I looked this morning, I, I looked at uh, some books that I had. I moved them over to the side, and I found an old copy of Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. This was a book given to me by an old boss of mine, James O'Keefe. And everybody at Project Veritas had to read Rules for Radicals because we needed to understand how those that we were looking into to get investigative um, films on were thinking. And to understand their process, we had to, you know, it's kind of like reading The Art of War, kind of like Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, where you just look at this stuff so that you have an understanding of it, so you understand how they use these uh, Hegelian concepts and they just bring them forward, you know, creating a problem so that they can anticipate the reaction and then provide the solution as if they're some sort of hero. You know, it's like, I'm going to trip you and then I'm going to grab you. Hey, look, I saved the day. That's how they work, and, and nobody knows it better than you, Jimmy. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Terry in Westchester. Terry, what's on your mind, brother? Hi, how are you? I'm doing I great. I just wanted to mention AOC had said, when I, we say defund the police, we mean defund the police. And then when they had that incident in the Capitol last week, uh, she said she feared for her life, and then she was talking about the police. Well, you know what? It's sad to say that when they were rioting and leaving in New York City, that's how every New Yorker felt. Yeah, when Terry, it's really tough to hear you. I'm sorry. It sounds like you're uh, doing deep-sea diving. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate your sentiment, and I heard the first couple of words. Uh, if you get a better connection, try us back. And I guess let's go to Simon in upstate New York. Simon, what's on your mind? Yeah, I think that a great idea would be to have an open dialogue. Do you say it's closed right now? I'm sorry? Do you think the dialogue is closed right now? Is it a monologue? Well, every time I see any two people getting into their conversation, it just keeps on just, you know, exploding. But isn't that open? 
Sorry? Isn't that an open dialogue? Hey, I don't like you. Hey, I don't like you either. Isn't that... That doesn't sound like a dialogue. That sounds like two people having a monologue together. Okay. Well, that added zero value to the program. Thank you, Simon. Next time, think it out before you call. Anyway, so now we've got AOC. She says that everybody hates the cops. Then you have the cops trying to come to the rescue. Then you have people accusing the cops. And it's one of those things where it's like, what the heck is going on? And before I get ahead of myself, I want to mention that I'm going to uh, bring some attention to what happened with Andrew Yang. Now, Andrew Yang has decided he's going to run for mayor in the city of New York. And we're not going to listen to the audio right now. But I have a clip of his audio from a visit to a bodega. And he's taken some heat online for this bodega visit because they think he's full of it. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. Right now, I want to talk about what's going on in Washington. Because we look at Washington and everybody that I know, you know, a couple of guys that I know that are in the Guard, stuff I've seen on TV, everybody's wigging out about what's going on in Washington. Over the weekend, some people were up in arms, and I don't have this audio for you because it's in Spanish, but the National Guard from Puerto Rico has been activated and sent to Washington, D.C. And with respect to their briefing, they had a video of it where, I guess, you know, the commander of, of this unit, about 200 guys, he, um, he says to the, to the, to the crew... All right, so we've got some guys that are nationalists. They are pushing a nationalist agenda. They go by the name Los Proud Boy. <laughs> he said it in Spanish, and of course he's referring to the Proud Boys. And what I took away from that, a lot of people were saying, wow, that's messed up that they, they're, the military is briefing their people with intel on the Proud Boys, but they're not saying anything about BLM or Antifa. And that, I would say, is a cause for concern, but I don't know if they're talking about Antifa and BLM. I just had that clip of the Proud Boys. And what I took away from it was, so the FBI and others seem to have credible, or at least they're claiming is credible intel, that the Proud Boys are presenting a, a potential threat to the inauguration, along with a couple of other groups. But that was the one that he mentioned. And again, I don't know if that's the case, but... I don't think he was trying to propagandize these people. He wasn't trying to convince them or sway them with any false information. He was literally reading off a piece of paper. So somebody told him, here's the brief. This is what we're looking out for. And he specifically told these guys, the leader of the Proud Boys is somebody that's Hispanic. So if somebody approaches you speaking Spanish, don't drop your guard because they could be part of this group of, and he didn't say insurrectionists, but I'm, I got that inference from that. So my, my thought on this is, I've never really, um, I think I've met one person from the Proud Boys at, a, at an event in Washington. I don't really know anybody from the group per se. But my thought was, I've always thought they were kind of like a peacekeeping type of thing. They were a bunch of tough guys, but they weren't looking for trouble. They were making sure that nobody was, you know, harassing the little old ladies and the, these women that you saw earlier in the year, in the last three years. Moms with their little kids that were getting their MAGA hats stolen by radical Bernie Sanders supporters, radical progressives. So my thinking there is these guys went from being like uh, like a safety patrol group uh, to some sort of radical right-wing crazies, which I, I don't know them to be. And my thought is, hmm, is that the case? Or is that just the spin that we're getting? Is that what we're going to say now, that there is no threat from Antifa, there is no threat from any anarchist group, there is no neo-Nazi threat, Everybody that's coming to Washington is some, somehow a Trump supporter. 
And to me, I think that's the narrative that they're trying to go with. I don't know. I could be wrong. Now, this one woman, she says, now, if you just, in your mind's eye, hit rewind, and you go back to last week, or about 10 days ago now, and there's a dude with a big Viking hat with these big horns, and he's got red, white, and blue face paint on, and he's shirtless, and he's got tattoos all over, and he's, uh, he's all over the place. Now, this guy, apparently he goes by the name the Q Anon Shaman. That's, uh, I believe, the name he's given himself. So this self-proclaimed shaman, who is in every video, he's in every video, he's in every picture, he seems to, looks like a, like a comedian in many ways. He is um, claiming that he was invited there by the president himself, and he's saying, no, 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 listen, I, I got arrested, no problem. The president invited me. I need you, you know, I just, I want the president to pardon me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> the president came out and made a video saying he's calling for peace, no violence, no violence, peace, peace, go home, go home and go home in peace. So I think Trump has been unequivocally clear about what's going on. But you've got this shaman guy. Everybody is looking at the shaman guy and he's blaming it on Trump. So it makes you think, is he really a pro-Trump guy? Or is he like the media? Is he one of those people that is literally just pretending to be a Trumper, to make the, look, as I speak, he's on CNN. Look at that. And he's banging this American flag. I don't know. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on that because apparently somebody has claimed that they notified the Capitol Police back in December about this guy and his plans for this. And this is a woman from Philadelphia. She claims that she let the Capitol Police know back in December about a potentially violent protester. Cops said they didn't know anything, and they allowed this guy on the grounds, blah, 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 blah. Again, it was a protest. I think it was going to be difficult to stop them with their flags and whatnot. But this woman, 41 years old, Melissa Byrne, she's a political organizer, and she says that the guy who, this shaman guy, Jacob Chansley, he's also known as Jake and Jelly, she uh, notified them and told them that this guy was there, and her quote is, I was shocked that they allowed a guy with a spear to walk around the city. Now, again, I'm watching a video. It looks like a flagpole, but again, I've seen one, three many Antifa battles out of Portland where you see the Antifa guys, and they're like, no, I just have an, an anarchist flag, and it's, you know, it's tied onto a steel pipe. So who are you fooling? Who are you kidding? They use these things as weapons all the time. That's how it works. Anyway, so she goes on to say that this is what she's done and that she's notified everybody and blah, 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 and that nobody did anything. So now she sees him there, and she's like, what's the story? So now she put out this um, Twitter post that's got, since gone viral. And I'd love to know your thoughts. And even if you want to let me know on Twitter, feel free, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on all of them. You let me know, at Rich Valdez. Or give me a call, 1-800-848-9222, one 9222 up next, we're going to talk about Andrew Yang, his bodega extravaganza, some censorship, plus a little bit on COVID. Keep it locked right there. Rich Valdez. This is America. The call screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an SR. Telephone number is 1-800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. And... Right now, we're going to talk about Andrew Yang. That's right. You know Mr. Uh, math, the guy with the math pin. As far as we knew, he was a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, of course, now all of a sudden because he was once born in New York. 
He's a New Yorker. He's running for mayor. And listen, I, I don't hold it against him, honestly. I say, hey, you want to run? You go ahead and run. I, I can think of a handful of candidates right now that uh, would likely beat him because... Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. They're smarter than he is. I mean, the guy made a lot of money in Silicon Valley, but what does he know about running New York City? What does he know anything about New York City? But he's trying to get that New York City street cred. So, you know, look, I moved to Jersey, but um, I've done more than my fair share of bodega visiting. Those of you who listen to my show on WLIR, our sister station, the FM signal of Talk Radio 77 WABC, know that my dad, when I was a kid, and I only found this out, honestly, in the repass, right? When my father passed away, God rest his soul, my brother, all my brothers were there, and we were having all these, oh, you know, remember when dad, but I'm the youngest. So one of them tells me, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we went to uh, this bodega, and I was like, oh, I remember the bodega. I would go to the back, and the guy was really nice. He had a lot of guns behind the counter and whatever, and they were like, oh, yeah, in the back, there was like a whole casino. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dad loved to play the numbers back there. And they had, like, Joker poker machines and whatnot. So I thought, oh, my dad liked to play these games. But, you know, I find out later from uh, one of my siblings I hear that, no, 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 one time we got we got pulled over. The police pulled Dad over, and, uh, you know, I see Dad talking to the guy, and the guy ends up, like, shaking his hand. He goes, all right, I'll see you later. And Dad drives off without getting a ticket. And I go, oh, wow, you know, cool. What's the rest? What's the punchline here? And uh, the big bro tells me, so I go to this place, the bodega, we go to the back, the stock room, and when we go into the stock room, he tells there's a woman like by the door, and he says, hey, take care of my kid. And he's like, so I sit there next to the lady, and dad goes in, and he's like talking to all these guys, and people are playing cards and playing dominoes, and they've got these machines against the walls, and there's people in there, and it's buzzing. And he says, not five minutes later, that cop comes in, takes off uh, his hat, hangs it on the, uh, the uh, coat rack, and sits down and starts playing with them. And this, again, this is New York in the late 70s. And uh, I thought to myself, wow. So it turns out my dad was somehow involved in this backroom hustle, uh, probably muscle, and because he liked to play the, the handle on the horses and whatnot. But it was a, a fun tidbit, so I figured I'd share that with you. But now that's real deal, right? And that's how I grew up. And so when we moved to Jersey, there were other bodegas, and it wasn't the same. But my point is I know a good bodega, especially the ones that have the good empanadas. Those are my favorite. But Andrew Yang, he knows Silicon Valley. Right, Andrew Yang, he's like, let me go to the bodega and get an egg and cheese or maybe an iced tea or a banana, right? So I want you to hear this video that he put on Twitter and he's getting roasted for it because, well, because it seems inauthentic, like his spendering. Check this out. Now he's walking through the bodega right here, just grabbing stuff randomly off the shelves. You know, stuff that... I. Andrew Yang would like. Yeah. Breakfast, the, breakfast the champions, some green cheese, a banana. Green cheese. How you doing, bro? A banana, pretty healthy. Everybody got a 
New York City relies upon its 14,000 bodegas so much. I love bodegas. And we gotta make sure that they continue to stay open and do their thing. Yeah, New York City, support your local bodega. So that's Andrew Yang giving a, a shout out and a plug to bodegas all across the city, saying we've got to support the 14,000 bodegas that we have in New York City. Now, mind you, he's more in like a what's one, one uh, Twitter user compared the store to a Whole Foods Junior. Not, not quite a real bodega. This is not a, a yellow awning with the big red letters where you could buy Lucy's behind the counter for 50 cents or whatever they go for. This is the, let me tell you where it is actually, free plug for them, Seven Brothers Famous Deli. Now, I saw the pictures. It was a little bit bigger than most bodegas, so, you know, more like a, uh, a big bodega. But the point was, what, what do we do? What do we do with a guy like Andrew Yang who's running around grabbing a banana saying, green tea, breakfast of champions? If you're a New Yorker and you have green tea and a banana for breakfast, if that's the breakfast of champions, please give me a call right now, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC, because I want to know. I want to know if that's how you have breakfast. I know me. I go to a guy over here, Afghanistanian. I always say that wrong. Afghan immigrant. And the guy's terrific. Muhammad makes an excellent cup of coffee. I always try to send them as much business as I can. But give me a call. Thoughts on everything. 800-848-9222. Let's go to Rich in Manhattan. What's on, Rich? How are you? Hi, What's Rich. on your mind? I would just want you to know... You do a fantastic, not a great job, a fabulous job. Thank you. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, when we talk about police, and I'm a former cop. Thanks for your service. The that a cop had uh, years ago was a thing called stop and frisk or stop and search. And they took guns and, and weapons, narcotics off the street without any big deal. And it was just a great thing. And you could see the way the crime dropped at the time of occurrence. Now, as, as they take it away, it's the lawyers. You know, you hit it on the head before when you were talking. This became a lottery for these people to take pictures of cops or someone doing something mm-hmm. because they're going to make money almost automatically. Like you said, they don't want to go to court. It's cheaper to do it uh, to make a settlement, and that's it. It's less money. But the problem is today the cops are underreacting, not because mm-hmm. they don't want to do their job, because they're afraid of losing their job. You have time on the job. And you just get into one little silly thing, and you get suspended. Like the cop that did over the loudspeaker got suspended for saying something about Trump. Yeah, right. Big deal. <laughs> yeah, Big that deal. was funny. Come on, what are we talking about? It's a joke. But but I'm just saying that the cops need the support, and I would say majority of people do support cops. They don't go out there, and I see the way they wave to them when they see them, and they think a cop is there to give them a summons. Cops are there. When they give out a summons, they're doing it for one reason. Because they want to save you from getting into an accident because you don't have your lights on or you're doing something foolish. They want to stop it from being an accident, not to give you a summons, not to make money, not to do anything like that. They're doing their job, and they try to do it the right way. Unfortunately, because of your great mayor and governor, yeah. they have their hands cuffed. But I'll let you get back to well, Let me ask you one more question, though, because you were on the job. You're a former cop. You're a New Yorker. I could hear it in your accent. So tell me, as an authentic New Yorker, what what are your thoughts when you think AOC says, and I know you said that they don't think that, but what do you think of AOC saying that it, it's it's a farce that people that say that they back the blue don't really back the blue? 
what I say, she belongs back in the Bronx behind the gin mill. The girl is just having fun. It's political theatrics, that's all. Mm. She wants attention, and she's getting it because she's cute. She has a nice figure. That's it. But as far as intelligence goes and far as politics go, she's a, a million miles away. She's on another planet. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that. It's always good to hear from you. Thanks again for everything you've done for the city. Let's go to Andrea in Bergen County. Andrea, what's going on? Rich Valdez. Oh, hi. Thank you. Um, I'm a little confused. Maybe you or some of your listeners can help me. I've spent the last week and a half listening to cries from Congress of insurrection, impeachment, um, Democrats who on the congressional floors are saying that uh, last Wednesday it was worse than Pearl Harbor or 9-11. 25,000 troops, uh, our National Guard are in Washington, D.C. However, it's come to my attention yesterday that at least two of the rioters in the Capitol building have been released. They're out of jail, one of which is John Sullivan. The um, I think he's a Black Lives Matter, or he's, mm-hmm. he calls himself insurgency. He's home. Yeah. He's home. He's been, and he's sitting there. He's able to use the Internet, use his computer. Supposedly he's being monitored. So here's, and there's another guy, some other guy. I don't know who he is. Yeah. But that's two that I could find. So here's my, others have been held. Here's my question. If it was so, I mean, I am not negating the seriousness of the situation of what happened, but I don't understand how any of them should ever be out of jail. What is going on here? Yeah, well, Andrea, I think it's a good point that you raise because I think people do have questions like that. And the best I could tell you, and again, uh, just based on my experience with things like this, is that some of these people are being charged with misdemeanors and some of them are being charged with felonies. So I think those that have been charged with felonies and that are believed to be kind of like a ringleader or somebody that really led this are being held on a high amount of bail, which I think he was. I think they 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 arrested him twice, this this BLM guy, John Sullivan. I know that the first time it was a catch and release, he same day he was out this, hours later and they caught up to him in front of his hotel and he was just like, whatever. Then the, the federal charges came out and they arrested him again. And I do believe that he posted this exorbitant number. And I'll, I'll try and check it on the break to make sure that I'm fact-checking myself. But I believe that's the story with him. So I don't think he's necessarily off the hook. I think he's facing jail time for this because he's had other run-ins that were violent with uh, these, quote-unquote, peaceful protests. So I think a uh, good question, definitely one that we should be asking and one that we should be uh, keeping an eye on because if people don't apply pressure and ask those questions, and more importantly, if the media doesn't apply that pressure and ask those questions that have to be asked on behalf of the people, then the system doesn't function right. And that's the purpose of the media. That's the purpose of the justice system is to hold these people accountable. I'm glad that they actually did it. Uh, you know, many people were losing faith that the FBI wouldn't do anything about anything. Now we know that they actually will. Uh, of course, obviously, they're going to go after the, the, the people that support the president, which to me seems somewhat of a partisan witch hunt. But I'm not going to say that what these people did was legit. It's wrong. It, the whole thing was wrong. And I was looking at an article on the way in here where it said that this guy, I think he was from Queens, he put on Instagram a video that he, I guess he found of him at the Capitol, inside the Capitol, and he put, that is me. And he put a little emoji over his face, thinking that would absolve him from any crimes committed. And, of course, he got arrested. The FBI picked him up, I don't know if it was this morning or last night. So I thought that was really interesting. And if, you know, word to the criminals out there listening, if you're committing crime, please don't put it on Instagram. 
you're probably going to get caught. But the media has a role. And I want to go to Rick in Corum, New York. Rick, what's on your mind? Rich, how are you? Wonderful, I, uh, sir. Rich, I have to say I am very impressed with the way that you handle things. And you have the smartest listeners on the planet. You really do. Thank you, sir. I love listening to you guys. Thank you. And I appreciate you listening. Rich, why, how do we continuously get everything shoved down our throats by the media? Like somebody said before, constantly, they just say something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until everybody believes everything that they say. They are not standing up like, like you just said just now. They're supposed to be there for us and protecting us and bringing out, uh, you know, the, the truth. What are they? What are they doing? You know, this is a great question, and it's the question, honestly, that uh, one of my radio mentors, uh, Mark Levin, the great one, brought up in his book, the the last book he wrote on freedom of the press, which is what is the purpose of the media? And I think oftentimes we we lose track of what is the purpose of so many things. And and just on a quick aside for anybody that likes to geek out and read stuff, what is the purpose of the sixteenth and seventeenth amendments? Because those two, I think, are really putting us in bad shape. But that's totally off topic. That's for next week, maybe. But back to you. I think the media is definitely, you know, as one big entity. It used to be you had pamphleteers back in the days during the Revolution and during during the Civil War. You had newspaper publishers. And that's changed. It was that partisan press that has evolved to where now you have a very large corporate media that owns a lot. You know, just – and I'm, again, I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying you have big companies that own – a lot of TV stations, a lot of uh, local affiliates. You have big companies that own a lot of radio stations, which is one of the reasons I really like um, doing a show here at World Famous Talk Radio 77 WABC because it's a it's a relatively small company that's very diversified in different businesses, and it's not a, a huge media company with you know hundreds and hundreds of radio stations. And so you have that independence. But when you have these companies that are really on top of you, with, you know, I own this many TV stations. I own this many newspapers. Uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, I run the biggest online retailer and I own the biggest uh, or at least one of the most popular uh, newspapers in Washington. You, you sit there and you think, where is the independence here? Where Where is it? You've got one of the richest guys in America that can basically control the editorial pages. And that's what we're seeing. So what we saw happen in places like the Soviet Union, what we saw happen in places like Cuba or even Venezuela where they privatized, uh, I mean, they got rid of private industry. There was no privatization of anything. Everything became kind of public because the government takes over. Here, we remain private in the free market. However, you've got that influence that still affects them. And you have the same, you know, in, in effect, it's an oligopoly in many ways. And that's my opinion. And I think the American oligopoly has commenced. And it's probably been here for a while. And that's part of the issue where people have kind of gotten used to it, and they've said, you know what, I'm going to choose which one I want to be. Do I want to own the golf course? Do I want to be a member at the golf course? Or do I want to work at the golf course? Now, there's a, ro- there's a road and a route for everybody. However, I think that in America, and I really do believe this, we do have an opportunity to pick whichever one of those we want. And some will be more difficult than others based on our family legacy and things like that, but that's legit. You know, if if the business in my family was bodega spots or law enforcement, you know, I could get the inside scoop from, from my pops or from my brother or from whomever. So I think you can have a leg up on something 
just because of legacy, because of your family. I don't think it has anything to do with any type of racial privilege. And, and I think these are some of the lies that are fed to us over and over by the media, and the media basically controls the conversation. So dumbing it down, and I hate to use those words, but that's literally what they do. So I appreciate your call. Keep it locked right there. We're going to go to more of your calls when we come back. Plus, wait till you hear about these statistics on COVID-19. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, welcome back, New York. Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we're going to take a couple of more of your calls. We've got, I think, 10 calls on hold, so thank you for holding. Thank you for calling in. And I want to get to a couple of items because something I, I read this week from a, a great source, Just Facts, the Just Facts Institute, they have a, uh, a question that they put out, and it said, a contact tracing study of 90,000 students and staff who attended school partly in person for nine weeks during the COVID-19 pandemic. How many of these staff members from COVID-19 caught the virus from students? And it asks you, was it none? Was it about 100? Was it about 1,000? Was it about 10,000? I selected none, zero, zero. And it says, you are correct, sir, ding, 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 ding. And it says the contact study... uh, published this month by the Journal of Pediatrics found no, quote, no instances of child-to-adult transmission. And this is a COVID-19 study of more than 90,000 students and staff in 11 North Carolina school districts who attended school in person for nine weeks during August to October of 2020. Now, there's a lot more of it, and you can check it out whenever you want. But bottom line here is that's going on. Now, in addition to that, you've got Governor Cuomo coming under fire, with a lot of critics saying that the rollout of the vaccine has been sluggish at best. So we may not have time to get into COVID-19 in in a lot of depth, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, on the police, on Capitol Hill and all that. Let's hit the phones, 1-800-848-9222. And I want to go to Gail in Westchester. Gail, what's on your mind? Hi, Rich. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. You know, uh, the lady before this gentleman there, I mean, exactly the way I'm feeling. It's like this build-up crescendo of all that's been going on. And now tonight, it's almost as if uh, Mr. Carter before you was saying, okay, well, that's over with. That's over with. Not everything, but it's almost like you have to decompress from all of this. Mm-hmm. My mind is thinking I'm in the 70-year-old bracket, two heart surgeries. Mm. The vaccine is somewhere floating around in this state, but we don't talk about it. Then we got this whole thing with with immigrants walking from Guatemala to Mexico. I don't understand any of that, but they're newsworthy. And now we're still, those people, Pelosi, and all of that's going to work itself out next week. But there are other things that are going on that's going to also roll all into into Trump's impeachment, if that's what they're going to call it. But I just think it's at a point now where we need to, we have to exhale a minute and just see. And thank goodness we have the troops to put in Washington. Amen Where were they that. last week? Yeah, great point. Great point. Big shout out to all the troops and all five branches of the military. And, of course, big shout out to Space Force. Can't wait to hear what they're up to because that whole thing is pretty interesting. Anyway, what I want I, I, in response to what you're saying, Gail, uh, and I know you're saying, where do we go from here? How do we move past this? Uh, you're right. A lot of people, this is a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. And a lot of that has to do with, 
misinformation, disinformation, uh, the foreign interference that we see. I'm one of those people, and I don't like to get into this. I really don't. To me, this is the third rail of talk radio talking about conspiracy theories, at least before you know midnight. Um, that's one of those things I really just don't like to mess with. But I will say there's a number of these anonymous chat boards out there that I do not believe are really run or interacted upon with, through, by solely Americans. I think a lot of the conversations that are started there are started by foreign actors that are looking to do nothing other than to divide and conquer our nation, to divide and conquer our national spirit, to divide and conquer patriotism here in America. And that's why they they get people into thinking the same thing. And I know that because I get to talk to lots of people. And one of the things that I hear over and over and over again is, at what point do we, and I think to myself, if you're asking at what point do we do anything, you're not even thinking anymore. You should know at what point you do what you do. Everybody knows at what point they do things. At what point do our liberties begin and end? I think we know that stuff, right? We know that our liberties are given by whom? By God. So at what point? When I'm born. The minute I'm born, I have free speech, if I'm an American, right? Because the Constitution isn't a bunch of rules that allows me to have something. The Constitution's a bunch of rules saying, you've got God-given rights, and we're going to limit the government from infringing on those rights. So to me, when you have all these people asking these questions that feel like violence is the only answer, storming the Capitol is the only answer, this, that, and the third is the only answer other than voting and getting more involved, you know, when you see fraud in Texas, they caught one woman, I think 137 counts of voter fraud she was arrested on because she was in charge of a nursing home floor with 137 patients and she got all of their absentee ballots and voted the way she wanted to vote with the senior citizens' ballots. So she was arrested, and that was 137 counts. So when you have something like that, does that mean that every voter in Texas was now disenfranchised? And I ask that seriously. No, it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. So the fact that someone commits that type of fraud doesn't mean that it's over. The fact that somebody gets mugged, let's say on Park Avenue in New York City or on 8th Avenue in Hell's Kitchen, doesn't mean that everybody's getting mugged in New York City. We can't jump to these generalizations because they're just not accurate. That means we're not thinking We're just reacting. And the minute we stop thinking and we start reacting, we become the left. Now it's all about what we love to do, the way we feel, this, that, and the other thing. And that's not how we do things. So one of those things that um, I I draw upon is always, you know, Reagan, get off my back and out of my pocket. Real liberty, the free market. And I always go back to that. And everybody who wants to say, yeah, but let's never forget this country was started 1776 by a revolution. Yeah, okay, gotcha. We're not starting a new country. We're continuing one that's been around for almost 250 years. And we know how to do it. We have a constitution and it's effective if we follow the rules, if we're virtuous people. So I think that's really the question. And, you know, if I had another hour, I'd go into the whole importance of virtue from a different perspective, from a worldview perspective on why I think we have to be good, decent people for this thing to work, because that's what the founders dictated. But anyway, that's the kind of long answer to what you said. So I don't have a ton of time left, but I'm going to go to Ike in Brooklyn. Ike, what's on your mind? Oh, Thanks for taking my call, Mr. Valdez. It's a pleasure. Thank it's an you, honor. Brother. You bring pride to Puerto Ricans and Latinos everywhere, man. Thank you, brother. Gracias. Um, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Tu sabes, man. Um, 
But, yeah, going back to, uh, you know, my dad was a bolitero. He used to run a number spot back in the days, man. So that was wild <laughs> back in the 70s, man. That brings back memories. That's funny. He had a toy store, but in the back it was a number spot, you know? <laughs> and and the, the cops on the B, they knew, you know, they kind of knew what was up, you know, but it was all respect, you know, and you know, it is what it is, man, you know, on different times. But uh up to current events yes. um i you know with all my question is with all you know that's going on with all the evidence you know with with the media and 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 the fbi having been weaponized by the obama administration man on, you, you're not kidding Trump. i don't mean to cut you off ike but the music means that i gotta go i got a boogie like you all in the boogie down bronx i want to give a shout out to Everybody that called tonight, of course, Joe and Mark and Jeff and Nick and Paul and George and John and everybody that's out there. God bless you. Hasta la próxima. Lydia Serrana is up next. Keep it locked right here. Talk Radio 77 WBC.